Applying to college? Our friends at Kaplan can help. Visit captest.com slash podcast and check out their SAT and ACT prep resources. Hey there. In the last episode of Barron's AP World History Podcast, we talked about the multiple choice section of the exam. Short answer questions come next, so let's review what you need to know about them. Here are the basics. This section is worth 20% of your score. There are four short answer questions, but you'll only answer three of them. Each question has three parts, each of which is worth one point. You'll have 40 minutes to complete this section, which gives you about 13 minutes per question. Your responses should be about a paragraph. Sometimes only two or three sentences might be enough to fully address each part of the question. You're required to answer the first two questions, but then you'll have the choice to answer either question three or four. The first two questions can cover any time period from 1200 to the present. Question one tests your ability to analyze and compare sources. You'll read one or two secondary sources, which are usually excerpts from works by one or more historians. In your answer, you'll have to use evidence from the sources to describe either a historical interpretation or differences in historical interpretations between the two sources. Question two is similar, but it focuses on primary source material. Again, you might be asked to analyze one source or compare two sources. Remember, not all sources will be texts. They could include political cartoons, paintings, photographs, or other images. Let's practice a question that refers to a source. Listen to the following description of an 1870 painting by Hiroshige III. The title of the painting is Foreign Buildings Along the Kaigandori Viewed from the Yokohama Wharves. The painting shows wealthy people milling about on a dock. Many are dressed in Japanese garb, as one would expect, but a few of the men also wear top hats and clothing more associated with Western customs. Some of the people are looking out at boats in the harbor, one with a looking glass. At the center of this painting are ships. One of these is a sailing ship, carrying an American flag. It has square sails and a wooden hull. Okay, here's question one, part A. Describe one change in Meiji-era Japan that allowed the technological developments depicted in the image. You can deduce that the topic of the image is about modernization in Japan during the late 1800s. This question can be answered by referring to the thorough industrialization of Japan carried out by Emperor Meiji after his restoration in the 1860s. Among other things, this involved the adoption of Western science, technology, and military methods on a large scale. Make sense? Here's part B. Identify one way that the image reflects a continuity in Japanese social or cultural practice during the 19th century. What traditional Japanese customs did you notice? Hints of Japan's traditional ways are depicted in the presence of older sailboats and people dressed in non-Western clothing. Did you notice that Part A focused on the change and Part B asked about continuity? Now, Part C is going to ask you to put Parts A and B in context. Here it is. Explain one way in which Japanese society changed as a result of Meiji-era industrialization. 
Answering this question might include a discussion of the fact that Meiji did not settle for technological change, but insisted on as thorough a westernization of Japanese society and culture as possible, especially for elite classes. With this approach, Japan incorporated Western-style education, European clothing styles, and the metric system. Samurai families lost their officially privileged status, and a new constitution created a parliamentary body with limited suffrage, but one that was more open than ever before. As mentioned earlier, question two in the short answer section will also refer to a source. I think we've got that covered, so let's move on to discuss questions three and four. These questions are different because they don't refer to a stimulus, and they cover different time periods. Question three will cover the period from 1200 to 1750, and question four from 1750 to the present. Remember, you only choose one of these to answer. Questions three and four will always focus on either continuity and change or comparison, and it's always whichever of these skills wasn't tested on question two. Let's try answering one that focuses on comparison. Here's part A. Identify one similarity in how the experience of World War I affected the Middle East and South Asia. The most obvious similarity linking these two regions after World War I is that they both remained largely under Western imperial influence. Britain retained control over India, Burma, and Singapore. The Philippines remained in American hands. France continued to rule Indochina, and the Dutch retained their rule of the Dutch East Indies, or Indonesia. If you predicted that Part B would focus on differences, you're right. Here it is. Identify one difference in how the experience of World War I affected the Middle East and South Asia. A good response might discuss how the Western powers dominated South Asia more heavily or directly than the Middle East. Most of South Asia remained under colonial rule. In the Middle East, many countries gained their freedom outright, or were placed under the mandate system, in which, at least in theory, Western powers were meant to guide their mandates toward self-governance as quickly as possible. And now for Part C. Explain one reason for the difference between the effects of World War I on the Middle East and those on South Asia. Remember contextualization. It comes in handy here because the main reason that the war affected the Middle East and South Asia differently is due to their different contexts. For example, South Asia had already been colonized by Western powers, and it required more effort to change that relationship. By contrast, in the Middle East, new relationships had to be invented in the wake of World War I, thanks to the sudden collapse of Ottoman authority there, and also due to groups under Ottoman rule that had demanded autonomy or independence as their price for cooperating with the Allies against Turkish forces. And that's it for the short answer question. In our next episode, we'll discuss the document-based question. See you then!